Hello everyone and welcome back to the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 31 preview and I'm joined once again by Sam. Sam, it feels like it's been forever, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Two whole weeks. I think we almost, almost forgot to, <laughs> that we had a podcast, right? Almost missed out the record this week's one. We didn't do a pod before Game Week 30, of course, but we did a Spaces chat uh, on Twitter uh, before Game Week 29. So if you joined us for that, uh, you know, thanks. Uh, it was quite a lot of fun to get to know a lot of you, get to hear from you, get your insights. But now we come back to Game Week 31, Sam, and it's quite chilled. We, Like you say, we almost forgot because... Is this a game week that you're particularly looking forward to? Do you think there's a lot of upside? Burnley and Everton have a double game week. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, right? Are we going it now? Are we getting to it now? Yes, because what's happening? <laughs> I, I expected that we would be inundated with questions about, you know, who's better, Weghorst or Richarlison or Gordon versus Dwight McNeil. But I'm very impressed by our podcast listeners because I look at Twitter and I see questions about Weghorst every day. Our listeners have just decided, no, we're, not, we're just not going to talk about that. They want to talk about proper teams. Does that... But let's quickly go through, I guess. Do Is there any Everton assets that you see your fancy? I, still, I see people going for Gordon. I guess, you know, if you want a, a cheap bench warmer, play him this week and then bench him the rest of the season. I think I'm okay with that. Other than that, I'm really not keen on any Everton assets. Don't know about you. Are you you fancy another Pickford pun, Silver? It it took quite a while to get him out of my team. Uh, Everton, to be fair, they did okay against Newcastle. Like uh, I was impressed by the uh, you know the courage and the spirit they showed because they went down to ten, they kept fighting, and then they got the win. Uh, and they were second best for most of that game, so I was impressed. But then they got smashed by the Palace. Second best him. when there's only two teams, that means you're the worst, Siva. <laughs> yes, they, they they were the worst in that team for most of it, but they they held on right, and uh, they scored really late in. Uh, they had it, the Newcastle Everton game feels like a lifetime away, but I don't know if you were watching, Sam. But there was a guy who chained himself to the goalpost halfway oh, yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, that's the um. Then he scored in like the ninth minute of extra time, something like that. Yeah, exactly. So they, it, it was a crazy game. It's so weird. Alan got a red card. They they looked like they were down and out, but then somehow they stole the win. But then a few days later, they got smashed by Palace four 0 with their first team, by the way. So that's their last result coming into the break. Now, during the break, uh, Richarlison has played really well for Brazil. So I, I think a lot of people who don't aren't convinced by Burnley assets are looking at Richarlison as a, a legit option because DCL's fitness is still you know, up for debate. He was only a sub against Newcastle. But to answer your question, no. I really don't. I don't feel... I think Everton assets a few weeks ago, some people were saying that they're a good punt because they have something to play for, right? They're fighting relegation. And they have a new manager, so they have to win games. In theory, that sounds fine. They do have things to play for, so people will get minutes. But they're just extremely inconsistent. And I could honestly see them blanking in both games, right? They have West Ham, not a you know much better team. I think they would lose that game. And then Burnley, you can see that being a nil-nil, right? Yeah, definitely. A one-nil, scrappy one-nil to Burnley. Connor Roberts won the goal. I don't think... Has Conor Roberts ever scored, mate? No. But that's always the first. <laughs> anyway, similarly, I do not fancy Everton assets at all. However, I don't mind a Burnley defender. Why? Five fixtures in the next three weeks, am I right? 
And so I see people going on uh, Waggy. I, I don't know. I'm not convinced by Burnley's attack. I don't think anyone is, right? You're just playing the fixtures. However, Burnley defense, it's possible. You know, you can see them maybe squeezing in. Okay, I mean, not against City. But then Everton, Norwich, possible there. Um, especially against Norwich. Then they double again in 33 against West Ham, Southampton. Again, it's it's possible a clean sheet there. Beyond that, I'm not playing them anymore, right? <laughs> like after 33, he's sitting on my bench. But I am tempted, you know. They don't have Ben Me this week, Sam. So I would think I mean it, it depends how, how you feel about Burnley defenders. Uh Ben Me to me would probably be quite an upgrade from whoever they bring in. I think Kevin Long would have to step in. They're also missing yeah, Collins. I think, yeah, Collins is a capable replacement, but Collins is suspended, right? Yeah. So then so, it gets a bit tough. So that's already one issue. And in general, my issue with Burnley defense is, I, I fully, I, I make a lot of fun about it, but I fully get the five fixtures in three weeks argument. And in fact, they might even have seven fixtures in the next five because they have another uh, fixture against Villa to be rescheduled, which hasn't been uh, confirmed yet. So, yes, they've got a lot of fixtures. Burnley are capable of cleaning, right? They, they go into most games just looking for the clean sheet. But my issue with Burnley defence is this. You have Cancelo, Laporte, Robertson, Trent, if fit, Reese James, Van Dyke, Doherty. I could go on. I would find a very hard time picking a Burnley defender out of over any of the five defenders that I'd really want in this game. Like, I think you could get five top-tier defenders. And I think defense is one of those uh, positions in the game where you actually can target good teams. You know the good assets. Unlike forwards, where we all just... Every week, we just take a gamble on some random dude. Defense, we all know who the good defenders are. We all know the ones with the upside. You ask me to put a Burnley defender in there, they would not make my top five. I agree, I agree. Team dependent though, right? So... No, I I think you if your team <laughs> does not allow for a, a, a fifth period defender, you fix that team because there's something wrong with your team. Because I think defense... Actually, I think people are hurting themselves by keeping a 4.5 defender at this stage. I think you need, especially coming into the run-in, City, Chelsea, Liverpool. Chelsea maybe less so, but definitely City and Liverpool have so much to play for. Now is the time when you get their premium assets you, if you don't already have them. I really don't see how a Burnley defender... If you want to go down to the lower tier, let's let's argue team dependent. I would take an Arsenal defender over a Burnley defender. You you know, take Ben White. He's 4.5. Burnley defense, we know, isn't going to be that good. They don't provide great value when there's so much better value. You know, you add 1.5 million, you get Reese James, mate. Yeah. I hear your arguments, you know. I don't know. It's just, I, I fancy, I think, because I want to pump in some cash into my, my midfield. So, but a lot of it depends, right? So, if Trent really is out, because there's conflicting reports, right, um, about Trent's injury. I think um, the This Is Enfield Twitter account said that he's back, but then another journalist, respected journalist, said that no, he's out. Uh, he's only doing individual training. So, still a, James a lot. Pierce. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll get some clarification before the actual game week. But if he's really out for two weeks, two game weeks, I wouldn't mind, you know, moving him out. Maybe, maybe, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but possibly move him down to Roberts and then upgrade one of my mid-price midfielders, you know? It's just one of the thousand moves we all con- <laughs> I'm considering. 
I, I think I could think of a thousand better moves. I mean, you, you could get you could get Joel my tip, mate. He's scoring uh, goals week in, week so, out now. Uh, if we are moving on from uh, Burnley, right? But I am really concerned about rotation now for the, the top teams. Are we are we getting there now? Are we moving to the premium? No, team I mean I, I think it's an okay, it's an interesting concept to discuss because a lot of people keep telling me that rotation's an issue. T- tell me why you think rotation is an issue, Sam. It's just the number of days in between the games. There's only so far you can push them, right? Um, and eventually, they will have to be rested. I know both is important, right? They are fighting for Premier League. They are fighting for Champions League. So both games are important, yes. But they have no choice because you rather rest them for one game than have them get injured and then lose them for the rest of the season. I mean, so I, yes. I, I really do think rotation is inevitable for the the top three teams, at least. I disagree, right? Uh, <laughs> I think, this is just my take, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes, but I think that especially with Liverpool and City, because it's so close, right? And you saw the City result at Palace where they dropped points. I think both of them, now that we have a proper title race on, they will not rotate in the league. And I think they will both be putting their best team. Yes, there may be some early subs. I think that you're going to see a bit more because of Champions League. But especially with Liverpool this week, right? They play Benfica in the Champions League and they have the league fixture. I'm pretty sure that Liverpool will want to get that win against Watford confirmed, you know, get a nice healthy lead and then at 60 minutes maybe sub off some of their players. I don't think he will, for instance, try to go for a second team against Watford because you run the risk of what happened to City against Palace where you suddenly drop points. And I think every point dropped is so crucial at this stage that for no, City and Chelsea, City and Liverpool, I just don't see how they rotate. I agree in terms of like priority, but I don't think they have a choice, Siva. I mean, that's my take on it at least. Um, the medical team, the what they won't allow them to play that many minutes in such a short period of time, right? I mean, the games not necessarily this week. They could play this week and then be rotated next week because it's in between the two uh, Champions League games and and whatnot. So, but I think in the next Three, four game weeks. We, I personally think there will be a lot of rotation for Liverpool and City because they just can't afford it. You know, they can't afford to get them injured, and they'll just have to take that risk. I think, but differing opinions, I guess. And there's no real answer. There's no way, real way to know what the coach is thinking, right? Definitely, the medical team will be flagging out. Like, okay, they're gonna play this many minutes. We need to rest. And it's up to the manager to make the final decision on whether he wants to to follow, right? Yeah, and of course, if one of these teams get knocked out of Europe, uh, Chelsea, for example, I if they get knocked out against Madrid, then I think the rotation risk will ease quite a bit, right? Because then the focus yeah, will be... Sorry, I think of all the teams now, Chelsea probably has the greatest rotation risk right now. Since third place is pretty much locked up for them and they really got to concentrate on Europe, on the Champions League. So, yeah, you're right. If they get knocked out of the Champions League, man, all in on Chelsea assets. Yeah, I mean, I think Chelsea's uh, European run, I-, I would be surprised. Well, we have to make predictions. We have to sort of uh, you know, take gambles on this. But I would be surprised if they get past Madrid. And if they get knocked out against Madrid, that means by game week 33, they're done with European fixtures. And that, that makes them really easy to look at. In terms of coming back to City and Liverpool, yes, I appreciate there's some rotation risk, right? We're talking big picture here and we don't know for sure who plays, who doesn't play. But 
would you not think that these players, right? We're talking about uh, Reese, Trent, uh, Robertson, uh, even Van Dyke. There's so much more upside with them than there is with the so-called nailed players from you're discussing Connor Roberts at Burnley, right? Would you not take three fixtures of Van Dyke versus six fixtures of Connor Roberts? I think I would. Maybe. I don't know. Um, six is quite a lot. <laughs> but no, it's more that I, I'm hesitant to double up. If I already have Robertson, I'm hesitant to double up on Robertson and Van Dyke with the threat of rotation here and there. Is it is it a fallacy? I don't know because some people do say you have to treat each asset, you know, each player individually. You know, uh, the whole doubling up, covering, and all that is a is a fallacy. Some people say that, and but actually, that th- they are they are not. I I wouldn't say it's so much that. I mean, I see. I know what you're saying. Uh, some people say that you got to look at each person individually. It's not so much that for me. It's more to the fact that everybody. Most people have one Liverpool defender, right? Be it Van Dyke, be it some people have Matip, some people have Trent. Let's assume Trent is fit for, for, for a moment. My issue, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago when I was bringing in Robertson, and you told me the same, is that owning Trent is kind of pointless because everybody owns one Liverpool defender, usually Trent. So you need to have that second guy for it to actually make any difference. When they keep a clean sheet, now you've got two Liverpool defenders. Makes a difference. Yes, you run the risk with rotation, but by having two separate guys... It's unlikely that Klopp would say, let me play an entire second choice back four. What he normally does is, let me rotate here a bit. So I'll keep Van Dyke, but I'll play Simikas. Or I'll start Robertson, but then I'll bring in Konate, for example. Yeah, so owning I the second asset doesn't really... Yeah. I don't see that as increasing your risk. I think your risk is will be what it is. And a last point on this, because I know we're going around the circles on this. Okay, Richarlison, right? Just to pick an example, I could pick a defender, right? But I wanted to go Richarlison because that's the one that people talk about. But even Weghorst is fine. Weghorst has blanked in his last five. He started all five of them. Richarlison has has blanked further. He has 18 points in eight game weeks and he started every single week. Do you know how many points Reese James got in 60 minutes against Burnley? <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying, man. But... So that's why I do feel you don't blindly pick, you know, someone who's doubling, you know, just for the sake of having a player who doubles. Right? I'm not going to get a, an Everton player because they are bad. But Burnley, you know, looking at the fixtures, I think they could get one, two clean sheets there and that makes it worth it for me. I mean, it's only a three-game week pun in my case. But you get five fixtures in those three-game weeks. So to me, it's worth it just for very short term. After that, I may go back up, you know, to another premium defender or something like that. But just a really short term three week pun, and I think there is enough upside to justify it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I I think I'll leave it there because I think we've uh, we've debated Burnley far more than I expected to or wanted yeah, to. Yeah, that's supposed to be the opener. That's supposed to be the intro to the podcast. So, okay, moving on. Yeah. Uh, City and Chelsea assets, right? We uh, Let's try and do a bit more of a deep dive into them. We had a question here from Snake FBL. If you're looking to target a Man City midfielder for the rest of the season, budget not being an issue, who would be your three top choices? KDB, right? Probably the most nailed out of all of them. Maybe. Um... My second will be Mares. I don't know about you, but now Mares is huge rotation threat. But when he plays, he scores, which is kind of what you want, right? 
uh, if they're all going to be rotated anyway, you might as well get the ones with the highest points per game. So I'll go Mares second, and maybe Foden third. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. I kind of like Foden to be honest with you because his minutes are really consistent, and he's usually playing at the number nine position. It's just that he doesn't seem to have that sort of, I don't know, the explosiveness that Mares has, or maybe it's just because Mares's goals are more memorable. Maybe I'm misremembering it. I think I've... recently Foden has been playing more wide. I think so. Oh, now that Grealish is back, maybe he's moved in. But while Grealish was out, he was playing wide um, on the left. And Pep really likes him to stay like really wide, whereas Mares cuts in. So that's the difference, I guess. Yeah, the issue also with Pep is that, I mean, a lot of people, when they look at stats and uh, where they're playing, they only look at league minutes. But if you look at the Champions League, for example, I know that there are games where Bernardo Silva has played at number nine and he's actually scored quite a bit. But we don't take that account. Of like he scored, I think, against uh, Sporting Lisbon. I think he scored twice. So I think the issue here that you have is that we don't actually look at both minutes. The problem is Pep's way too flexible so these guys can play anywhere. So that's something that could affect you. I like Mares because he has pens. And I think now that... I mean, he may not play this week. I think that's the issue with Mares because uh, he played for Algeria twice during the break. Whereas KDB didn't play at all for Belgium. So if you're looking at this week alone... KDB is probably the safest for minutes. But KDB is really expensive. So I think unless you're wildcarding this week, I, I don't know how you'd fit him in and structure your team. Well, maybe you drop someone like Trent for Connor Roberts. <laughs> nah, okay, okay. Just joking. But yeah, it is expensive and it's more painful if KDB gets benched one game and he's like 11... What is he? 11.5? Uh, whereas oh, you know if Foden or Mares gets benched still hurts but you know palatable I guess you can stomach it 11.7 that is Mares 8.7 yeah. Sterling at 10.5 yeah so yeah. Sterling is just I don't know points to price ratio is, is not working for me I'd rather get a bit more try and get in KDB or go down to Mares or Foden yeah but if you had to let's say you're looking at your team this week but if you have to pick one, who would you be going for? KDB. Okay. I mean, um, like, you know, if you got unlimited money, right? KDB then. Yeah. Fair. It's really inviting to go in this week because they usually smash Burnley for, what, 5 nil every time they play them, right? They've got a really good record against them. But is it yeah. worth... Would you take a hit for a Man City mid this week? Bearing in mind that they play Liverpool next week. And also, I would say City's... Uh, uh, Champions League fixtures a lot harder than Liverpool's, for example, because they're playing Atletico. So you, I think the risk of maybe an early sub is slightly higher for City. I think rotation risk this week won't be as high, right? Because um, a lot of them, I mean, unless they played international like uh, Mario Stead, you know, two games. But for someone like KDB, he can probably play 90 or 70 this week play the full Champions League game and it's next week the in-between fixture that I'm worried about so Fair. so yeah yeah actually I mean if you ever were thinking of a week where he'd be safe KDB is probably the one because Bernardo played international Mares played internationals uh, obviously Sterling did uh, Foden did Grealish did not that you would consider Grealish I think so yeah if you were ever going to go in this week yeah De Bruyne definitely starts um, yep. moving forward though Let's compare 
sticking on City and maybe also looking at Chelsea in the mix, because you look at the lower budget, right? We talked about Foden. What about Foden versus somebody who's been doing really well recently, Kai Havertz? I really like Havertz. I think finally he's um, showing his potential. I really liked him even before he moved to Chelsea. So I'm happy. But again, um, as I said earlier, I'm really, really worried about Chelsea rotation. I don't think they will... Maybe not yet. Um, because, you know, we still have quite a lot more game weeks to go. So I don't think they'll take the foot off the pedal in the Premier League just yet. But as soon as, you know, it gets more and more confirmed that, third, you know, they're stuck in third place, then I think we'll see rotation. And I don't want to bring in a player who I may have to take out later on, right? However, I don't know, might be missing the outside on the next few fixtures. What do you think, Siva? I think I I think the rotation, uh, famous last words, but I think the rotation risk with Chelsea may be slightly over, or not overhyped, but I think maybe people are worrying about it a little too much because I look at the standings, right? Look at the table. They are five points ahead of Arsenal. And they are eight points ahead of Spurs, nine ahead of United, albeit they've played one less than United and Spurs. Now, they still have to play United before the end of the season. They still have to play Arsenal. Conceivably, you know, not definitely, but conceivably they could lose both those games. And if they do, then, I mean, their position also could be at risk. I think this, because I remember a few weeks ago, right, a lot of teams weren't in the conversation, right? Uh, A few weeks... A few weeks ago, City and Liverpool were not in the conversation for a title race. It seemed pretty much done. And I think Liverpool were about nine points behind. They've clawed it back. And I, I wonder if teams like Chelsea will be wary of that risk, putting all your eggs in a Champions League basket, which, you know, you could get knocked out the next week. Whereas with the league, you've got a position to consolidate and hold on to. I don't see full-scale rotation against Brentford, for example. I, I, because also, you've got to remember, Chelsea haven't played in a long time. And some, some players like, uh, Reese hasn't played in a month. But I agree with you. Probably you're looking at some early subs, maybe the occasional risk here and there. Between Harvards and Foden, Harvards has got much better fixtures. You know, Chelsea have a really good run. So yes, you're betting yeah. with some risk here, but they play Brentford, Saints, Arsenal, West Ham, Everton, Wolves. I mean, these are really good fixtures. Compared, Foden has Liverpool next week. Already, that's a harder one. I think at 7.9, surely you can take a few risks, right? Are we that scared about minutes at this stage of the season that we won't take anybody with a rotation risk? No, I think all the good players have rotation risk, right? Even um, Leicester for that matter. Because they are still in Europe, you know? So it's really hard. If you're going to avoid all the players who are playing in Europe that have zero rotation risk, you're going to be left with a shit team. (laughs) Three Spurs, maybe. um, Three Arsenal players, that's it. Hey, hey, hey. Also United, plays pretty good, right? United. Oh, United. United. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. So I mean, if you want a good place, you have to you have to go through the race, man. That's just the way it is at this stage of the season. I think the nice thing about Harvard's over Foden, right? Let's compartmentalize, right? You don't want to go look at in general because we spoke about rotation risk a lot. They they both have rotation risk, but Harvard is playing up top uh, most weeks. He's already sort of forced Lukaku to the bench. And I don't see Lukaku regain. I mean, he's had a horrible season. I don't see him pushing Harvard's out. Like, I don't think if you're Tuchel going into a game where you'd like to win, would you start Lukaku and bench Harvard's? Like, I think <laughs> I'd find that hard to contemplate. I think he'd probably start both or he starts Harvard's and then subs him off once the win is secured. Like, he just yeah. doesn't trust Lukaku. Whereas Foden, 
Pep has got way more depth, way more options. He can sort of manage minutes of everybody. Yep, I, I agree. I think I would place um, Harvard's over Foden. Just more upside, right? Yeah, that's what I would think. You get the guy who's always playing number nine when he plays. They both have rotation risk, but he's, I would say, more form. crucial to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, and on such great form right now too. Yeah, Scott, Scott in uh, the international break as well. Uh, that was a question from FPL Circus, who also wanted to talk about Chelsea assets and Leicester assets in general. You spoke about Leicester assets briefly, Sam. Chelsea assets as well. Apart from Harvard's, who else are you looking at? few weeks back, we were looking at Ziyech, right? But right now, I think his minutes has kind of been managed more because uh, he was recently injured. So I'm not so sure. I don't know. Um, aside from the attack, right? Because I think in attack, I would only go for Harvard's, not really looking at anyone else. In the defense, though, I, of course, James, right? Um, don't need to really talk much about him. We all know Rhys James. I have Thiago Silva, as you may remember from a few weeks back. Yeah. However, right now, I'm really liking how Trevor Chaloba looks. Okay, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Could you expand? <laughs> he is really attacking for a defender, you know. Um, I think he started the last three Premier League games. One assist, one goal, two clean sheets, four bonus points in those three games. His position, I would think, is more secure now. Especially, um, Christensen is out, but also, you know, rumoured to be leaving. Rudiger, rumoured to be leaving, but will probably still start. Aspi, oh, Aspi, Aspi just triggered his extension, I think. I don't think he had a choice. I think they triggered it for him. He still wants to mm. go. So, yeah. But I, I think he's looking good. If they would rotate, I would think that all the bigger players will play in, the, in, the, in Europe. I, I like Trevor Chalaba, and it's only 4.7. Yeah. He's got good feeling returns. about him. Yeah, three goals, uh, one assist the whole season. It's not bad. I mean, 4.7. I'm always impressed that you surprised me, Sam, because I, I generally didn't think I'd be looking at Trevor Chalaba. But I did want to talk about Reese James just briefly because there's a lot of debate about whether James is too risky this week, right? Because he's back in training. He hasn't played since Burnley and he only played that 60 minutes against Burnley, got the injury and then hasn't been seen since. And a lot of people, the general conversation on Twitter seems to be very polarizing. It's either James is a must-have or James is a must-avoid because he's not safe and there's no way Tuchel will play him having just been injured, bearing in mind they play Madrid midweek. I think uh, Where do you stand on this, Sam? Because you don't own James and I do, so I'm kind of biased. Yeah. I think... He gets minutes. I just don't know if he'll start. Uh, after a long injury, ideally, you kind of want to build up their fitness, you know. Um, so you play them. Whether he'll play the whole thing, I don't know. Whether he'll start and then get subbed off, I don't know. Um, so my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> okay, let, let me put you on the spot, right? Would you bring Reese James in this week? I did consider it, right, uh, for Trent, especially if Trent is really out. Um, Rhys James probably has one of the highest upside for a defender who is not named Alexander Arnold or Robertson. No, nah, I'd or say Cancelo. he has more upside than Alexander Arnold. You know, he can finish. Uh, That's, I think uh, maybe. Yeah, I would tell something uh, different from Sam okay, I feel okay. about uh, attacking stats of defenders. And James has 
the highest XGI per 90 of any defender in the game, even higher than Trent by a small amount. Mm. But he's played a lot less minutes, I think. Fair. But anyway, uh, when he has space, he looks good. I would think if I was making a move, I would do it if I'm not taking a hit. Does that make sense? But if I am taking a hit to bring in James, then the risk of um, him not playing in the event that he doesn't play, then you're stuck with a minus four. If you just do a free transfer, he doesn't play. I mean, you can live with it, right? You don't, you don't waste any points on it. Yeah, I, I can see why you, you would say that. So on a hit, you wouldn't take the risk, but for free, you would. Okay. I, I Actually, I, I misspoke. I don't want to have James. I think I will still do it anyway because I, I, I like the fact that everybody else is hesitating because that's how people were feeling the same way before Burnley and a lot of people didn't get him for Burnley and I did. So I, I feel like there's already some upside there. There's a risk. He might not play or he may only play 10 minutes or 15 minutes. But because he is probably the most upside player in the game for me, I feel like it's a risk worth taking. And I expect Chelsea to keep a clean against Brentford. I expect them to score. And if they score, usually James is involved. So I feel like that's a risk worth taking. But I agree, it's risky. I mean, it depends on your risk appetite. If you're looking for someone who's nailed 90 minutes for sure, James isn't it. But I think if you're going for the upside and with so few weeks left in the season, I, I think I, would, I will be going for James this week. Even on a hit, I think I'd do it. I probably will do it for a hit because I want to do other trances as well. Okay, okay. Leicester assets, sir. Leicester. Um, Madison or Barnes, right? What do you think? I want to hear what you know. Uh, I want to hear what you think, Siva. I... It's hard to say, right? Uh, I think some, there are some games where Barnes does nothing. Uh, I thought he was very lucky to get any returns against Brentford. And then you have Madison, who maybe in-game doesn't do a lot, but then from set pieces, right? The free kick, amazing. Like He's capable of always doing that. If I had to just pick one, I'd still probably go towards Barnes because he plays further forward. He seems a little more... Uh, not so much rotation risk uh, less, being lessened, but the fact that he's usually more fit. Madison seems to have a lot of issues with the injuries. So for that reason, I'd probably consider Barnes. But I don't think Leicester assets are a priority this week, right? You play United. And for all your flaws, I, I would assume United are going to win that game. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Now that we are well-rested out of any European competitions. Whereas Leicester is, you see? So maybe, maybe. <laughs> I can't say for sure. I'm also I'm actually siding Madison over Barnes, although I do see your point about injuries, right? So therefore, Rogers may try to kind of take care of Bar- um, Madison in the league, play him for the important Europe games. Yeah. I do like Madison because he has a lot of bonus points. I don't know why, Siva, but I'm a sucker for bonus points. It's one of the first things I look up when I'm comparing two assets. Because bonus points generally mean that when they score, they haul. Uh, you, you see with Barnes, right? He's only had f- six bonus points this entire season, despite his three goals and eight assists. So it's a lot of assists, four points, four points, five points. If I'm going to get a fella <laughs> like, um, from Leicester, I want him to haul. Madison is always hauling. You know, he's already had, what's that, five double-digit hauls this season? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. 14 bonus points for Madison. So, that's swaying me um, towards Madison. However, I do concede about the 
the point about injuries and things like that. That's that's amazing. I genuinely didn't think about that, and I think that's a really good point because I think Barnes loses out on bonus because he takes a lot of shots that go wide, and that's why he doesn't get much bonus. And I like that. I think it adds up. Uh, now that you've mentioned it, yeah, you you've you've sold Madison to me a lot more because I the the trend in bonus points doesn't change. It's one of those things that'll stay constant throughout the season. So it over time, you're definitely going to see that difference. And I mean, I'm looking at probably playing a free hit in 33, and I will definitely have a Leicester mid. And I was going to have Barnes, but listening to you, Sam, I'm thinking probably Madison is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one goal with full bonus points equals to like, you know, three weeks of Madison's uh, Barnes assist or something like that. True. Actually, it was really annoying because I didn't understand why Madison was getting full bonus for that game. So, okay, that that's that's something for me to think about. I think that's really good. Hmm. And you wouldn't consider anybody else, right? Like defense or no, you know, James Justin's back. So bad, right? Um, I know there's some talk about Castagne, Castan, Castan. It was a really nice always goal, right? butchery names, butchering names. Castagne, uh, yeah. I would assume. Castagne, great goal. So. I mean, my eyes on it, but I'm not gonna jump into Leicester sets right now. Especially, I mean, especially the defense. Um, not when they're playing against United this week. We'll see how it goes. I mean, you can always bring them. You most people want them for 33, right? So you have two weeks to decide. Let's see how they defend with um finally having a full <laughs> um, defense, proper defense. So yeah, wait and see for me. Yeah, Fofana's returning uh, helps them a lot. They've lost Ndidi, which is an issue, and I thought it would affect them a little more than it has so far. But I think they've also managed to reintegrate uh, Nampali's Mendy, who I don't know if you know Sam, but he plays for Senegal, right? So he won the African Cup of Nations. He was completely frozen out uh, before uh, the winter break, but because of the injuries, he's not even in their Europe squad, but because of the injuries, Rogers has been forced to bring him in, and he's been playing really well. So maybe yeah, the defense yeah. isn't going to be as bad as we thought it was, you know, in the last 10 weeks or so. Yeah. Wait and see this next two weeks. Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't think you'd be going in this week uh, before United. So you can definitely wait and see. Uh, I think to wrap up here, we're coming back to the big teams. And we had a question about Man City defense versus Chelsea defense from FPL Tom Jones. Would you go for a double for Cancelo and Laporte or have Cancelo and James for the rest of the season? Now, this is a hard one for me to answer, Sam, because I really like all of these guys. And the easy answer is just to get all three. But if you had to pick. I mean, I would go Cancelo James, I think, rather than double out Cancelo Pot and have no Chelsea cover. Yeah, fair. And also, I mean, Laporte, as good as he is uh, from an attacking standpoint, like for a centre-back, right? He had a really good chance against Palace, which he fluffed. Which would have been a Cancelo assist, by the way. I just don't think Laporte's upside is anything where compared to James's, you know, if they both start. Yeah, I think Laporte back when he was 5.5 was a great investment. Right now that he's 5.8 and James is 6.2, that's only 0.4 away. Can you believe that James was was 5.5 <laughs> at one point? Man. But yeah, Insane. yeah. Yeah, those nice early weeks where he seems to be scoring every single week he played, right? Something like that. I swear, I don't want to go on about Reece James a lot, but I swear a lot of people seem to be avoiding him because he had that four weeks where he blanked in a row. And everybody keeps saying, oh, he, he last time brought him in, he was shit. Like, I I, had, I don't know about you, Sam, but I really feel like you've got to park your previous experiences of any player aside when you bring them into your team. Like, it's irrelevant that you own them for a few blanks. Yeah, I agree, I agree. 
especially because he he scored like it was just a short stretch of blanks. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Cancelo James for me. Yeah, fair. And uh, let's let's wrap up here because we, we you know we said this would be short and we it, we've kept it relatively short. But I want to talk to you about. Very briefly, Sam, what is your chip strategy? Uh, mine, I only have one free hit left. I'm probably doing it in 33. I've spoken about this before, but basically a lot of bad teams or you know not so good teams, including Man United, doubled in 33. But that double includes Norwich. So for me, I like to get my free hit out that week. I don't plan to own any of those guys long-term. You still have, if I recall, Sam, is it both free hit chips? No, I used mine last week. Remember? It's got uh, 70 oh, yes, points. Oh, happy with it. Yes, yes. Um, Humble break, yes. <laughs> I have one more free hit and one more wild card. I will probably use my free hit in 33 or so. Same um, thought process as you, Siva. I think the teams that double in 36, which is the other big double, you probably already have, right? You already have um, the players who you want. Whereas in 33, you, there are, you know, like you said, Manchester United, some other teams... You may not have them in your team. You may not want them long term in your team. So I would use my free hit in 33 too. I haven't decided when to use my wildcard yet. I think I will probably just, um, you know, leave it and use it when I need to. Like without sort of penciling it into a week, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm happy with my team now. And if you're happy with your team, I don't see a need to to use it for no reason. Right? Yeah. It's may use it totally... at 36 or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, it's totally team-specific. You don't have to force yourself into it. I think a lot of people are looking at wildcard 34. So just use transfers up to 33 and then wildcard out of it in 34. I mean, it's so team-dependent. It's hard to say. I mean, we had a few questions here about where you use your chips, but it's really hard to give you uh, what would work best for your team. I think you've understood our reasons. Just to expand a bit, why we say 33 and 36. 33, the teams that are confirmed a double. Arsenal, Brighton, Burnley... Leicester, United, Newcastle, Southampton. So bar Arsenal, I think you don't own, most people won't own anybody. So that's why I would say free hit there. In 36, and we've posted this from Ben Krellin, the very likely slash almost confirmed doubles, you've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs. We all have players from those teams. So it's pretty easy to navigate without the free hit in 36. That's just my take on it. Okay. That's right. Siva, very informative. Thank you for that. <laughs> Let's talk captaincy, Sam. Because captaincy is a bit of a debate this week, right? Uh, you got Salah v Watford. You've got Kane against Newcastle. And I guess you've got the City players against Burnley. Who are you going for? Um, I feel like Kane. I know most people probably Salah, right? But I don't know. Just got a good feeling about Kane. He's been on form for Spurs. He's been on fire. Defended Maguire in the international break. So, nice block all around. I'm feeling Kane right now. I don't know how the defending Maguire has anything to do with it. Man. They all seem yeah, to In fact, it should Kane. be a negative, I think. Cause <laughs> should be a negative point because it seems like he can't reason properly. Do, do you think that people should be allowed to boo their own players? Um... I think so when they played badly. Now, Maguire didn't play badly during the England game, right? He was alright, I guess. So no reason to boo him for his club form during an international game. That's just stupid. But United players can boo him. Yeah. I, I, well within our right. Especially when he's but, pulling down Luke Shaw and stuff like that. 
Yeah, we're stepping away from FL, but I just want to say this. It's very hard to compartmentalize how you feel. Like, if I don't like you as a person, I'm not going to see you. Oh, but you play well for your international team, so now I won't boo you. But just wait, Wednesday, I will see you and I will boo you again. Like, how do you compartmentalize your feelings? Like, yeah, I don't I mean, think you can tough, do that. Right? Like, Pickford plays badly for Everton, but plays well for England. So he stays. Now, no matter your, your personal feelings on how good a keeper Pickford is, and, you know, even if you feel that Ramsdale is better, I think. Pickford staying in the England team is perfectly justified based on his international form. Richarlison scored for Brazil, playing, you know, Everton's playing shit. Don't see the Brazilians um, booing him. So I don't think yeah. the Brazil fans are watching Everton. So the big takeaway from this is if you're an Everton fan, the next time you see Pickford or Richarlison touch the ball, boo them because they're not getting booed enough at the club level. That's what we're saying here. Yep, this message uh, is endorsed by... Phil Banger. <laughs> okay, so captaincy. Okay, now I see a lot of people say Kane because they just they just don't feel like a Salah week. They feel like a Kane week. Since game week twenty, only City and Liverpool have a better uh, XGC expected goals conceded than Newcastle. They've been on a really good run. Yes, they've had kind fixtures, right? But under how they've really tooled up the defense, they haven't lost big. Like it's been a really long time since they conceded more than two goals. Um, they've they were very unlucky against Chelsea. I thought they conceded really late in that game, right, to Harvards. They were probably good for a nil-all draw. And if you're looking for a game where they conceded two, the last time they conceded two, I have to go back all the way to game week 22 against United where they drew 2-2. So I don't think Newcastle's an easy fixture anymore. And that's why I would still back Salah because he's back in training. I think so. I he think... hasn't scored from open play for like ages, right? His last goal in the Premier League was a penalty and now he can't even score penalties. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I, he's a good team. Waffle are kind of shit. So. I mean, that's that's basically my thought process, right? I get that Salah has, I mean, scored in recent weeks, but I mean, that's just, I think it's happenstance, right? Because he, uh, uh, fancy English word, but basically, uh, shit happens is an easy way of saying it. He got injured against Arsenal, so he had to be subbed off. Uh, he... Played sixty four minutes. Again. Oh, he it was he was injured against Brighton, so that's why he subbed on via Arsenal against Brighton. Scored. Uh, West Ham blanked, yeah. but I think a little unlucky there. Le- Leeds. People forget game twenty six wasn't that long ago, right? Eighteen points against Leeds, ten points against Norwich, and Watford are just more shit than Newcastle. That's my take on this. That's true. I I concede that point. I'm definitely not overjoyed about having to start Foster if Ramsdale <laughs> doesn't play. So, so yeah, just got a good feeling about Kane. You know? Sometimes you just got to trust your gut. I, I, totally I... non-stat-backed FPL advice. Don't know if people are going to stop listening to us from this point onwards. No, I mean, they might stop listening to you, mate, because you trust your gut. It makes no sense, okay? My gut tells me that Salah is going to smash Watford like he did, uh, like he does against almost all these kind of bad teams. He's always stat-padding against them, right? And he's going to take the pens. Klopp will want to make him feel better because, you know, you just got knocked out of the World Cup, mate. Now take a pen. And it, there are no laser pointers in Watford, okay? So yes. he's going to see clearly and smash it in. Maybe. I don't know. Kane haven't blanked for like five weeks. So form over fixture, I guess. What form? The underlying stats are pretty similar, <laughs> mate. You're, you're just looking at the points. Underlying stats, I mean, Salah's been consistent throughout the season. I 
I can't. Yeah, can true. you see yeah. Salah blanking against Watford? Right. Okay. Keep talking about yeah, blanks I can. last I week. Can see it. I can see it. Yeah. He'll be too dejected after you know missing our qualification again to Senegal. Not gonna pass to Mane at all during the whole game. Which is Mane... even better. Mane probably gets benched, right? Because Mane is probably, you know, I would say he'll be in few national parades and stuff. I don't think he's. Whereas Salah will be focused. He's back in training as of yesterday. He's already been pictured in training. Maybe are there any Senegalese players in Watford? It's Malasa. Ah, okay, okay. He goes two foot in on his, his Malasa. Gets very cutted. <laughs> okay, that, that that that's a good argument. Okay. Right, I think I think that's that we we've said enough. I mean, we've both made our positions clear. Uh, you know who we're captaining. Uh, anything else there? Um, get those green arrows, guys. Oh, this is the thing.